I promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Psalm 32. Happy are they whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is put away. Happy are they to whom the Lord imputes no guilt and in whose spirit there is no guile. While I held my tongue, my bones withered away because of my groaning all day long. For your hand was heavy upon me day and night. My strength was dried up as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my guilt. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Therefore, all the faithful will make their prayers to you in time of trouble. When the great waters overflow, they shall not reach them. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with the shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like horse or mule, which have no understanding, who must be fitted with bit and bridle, or else they will not stay near you. Great are the tribulations of the wicked, but mercy embraces those who trust in the Lord. Be glad, you righteous, and rejoice in the Lord. Shout for joy, all who are true of heart. Amen. A reading is from Ezekiel, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, You dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, who have eyes to see but see not, who have ears to hear but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. As for you, son of man, prepare for yourself an exile's baggage and go into exile by day in their sight. You shall go like an exile from your place to another place in their sight. Perhaps they will understand, though they are a rebellious house. You shall bring out your baggage by day in their sight as baggage for exile, and you shall go out yourself at evening in their sight, as those do who must go into exile. In their sight, dig through the wall and bring your baggage out through it. In their sight, you shall lift the baggage upon your shoulder and carry it out at dusk. You shall cover your face that you may not see the land, for I have made you a sign for the house of Israel. And I did as I was commanded. I brought out my baggage by day as baggage for exile, and in the evening I dug through the wall with my own hands. I brought out my baggage at dusk, carrying it on my shoulder in their sight. In the morning the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, the oracle concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are in it. Say, I am a sign for you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall go into exile, into captivity, and the prince who is among them shall lift his baggage upon his shoulder at dusk and shall go out. They shall dig through the wall to bring him out through it. He shall cover his face that he may not see the land with his eyes, and I will spread my net over him, and he shall be taken in my snare, and I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it, and he shall die there." 
and I will scatter toward every wind all who are around him, his helpers and all his troops, and I will unsheath the sword after them. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them among the countries. But I will let a few of them escape from the sword, from famine and pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the nations where they go and may know that I am the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we just got done with Ezekiel and his vision. And now we have Ezekiel at uh, acting class, right? He's given this special parable to, to do where he's going to act it out. He's going to be the actor in this play to, to try and teach to the people, specifically the people in ex- exile, what is to come. I love the, the picture here first in the beginning where the word is used rebellious, remembering that we talked about it before, that what was being discussed within Jerusalem was rebelling against Babylon, to fight against uh, Babylon, to, to shake off their yoke and to, to go their own way. That was what was being talked about, discussed within Jerusalem at this time while, while Ezekiel and, and, and others, Daniel and people like that, are in exile in Babylon. And God talks about how they are, are planning this iniquity, this debauchery, this, this attempt to turn away from God when it is God's plan that Babylon is going to come, that exile is going to come, that the destruction of the chosen city, the chosen land, the chosen temple are all going to happen so that people might know that God is God and these other things are not these other things that people are trusting in. And so here, continuously, it's used that it's a, they're a rebellious house, they're turning away from God. They're fighting against God. I, I also love the image here too, right? Of eyes that that are unable to, to uh, see. They, they've turned away. They don't want to see the things that they should see. Their ears have been deadened. They do not hear. This should remind us of of the the people that Jesus tells parables to, that he regularly says that those who have ears hear what what I'm saying is what he'll say at the end of a lot of his parables because he's wanting people to be able to hear. But at the same time, he is also speaking to a people who refuse to see, refuse to hear, because if they do see and they do hear, then they repent and they turn back and they do not want to to repent. And so this rebelliousness is this, is this need for repentance that they do not want to bring. But it becomes this parable, right, of him with the exile's baggage, like a hobo, right, with the, with the bag tied up on the, on the stick, and that he's supposed to be an example for them of exile um, from one place to another in their sight. And, and he hopes that they'll understand, uh, though they are a rebellious house. Verse 3, verse 4, you're going to bring out your baggage by day, not not under cover of darkness, even though that's what's going to happen. Uh, and, and you shall go out yourself at evening in their sight, as those do who must go into exile. So much so that he says, plus you're going to dig through the wall. And you're going to go through the, the hole that you dig in the wall. In their sight, you shall lift a baggage upon your shoulder and carry it out at dusk. You shall cover your face that you may not see the land, for I've made you a sign of the house of Israel. 
this being this parable of what is to come for King Zedekiah and the people in Jerusalem, because that is actually what does happen. You have to go over to 2 Kings, and it's 2 Kings chapter 25. And we have to remember that this is the final exile. This is not the this is not the the first exile. This is the final exile. There have been a couple of different exiles that have happened within Jerusalem, within Judea. Besides the Assyrians coming and taking away the northern kingdom well before this, we have exiles happening because Babylon has taken over. And and they've taken Daniel and Ezekiel and others, the best of the men over, and they've left behind some of the less uh, popular ones. And, and so when, when Ezekiel goes through with this and people are wondering what's going on, he has to tell them the story of what's going to happen. And basically, he, he tells them exactly what happens here in, in 2 Kings 25. Zedekiah is king. He, he was an uncle to the, the, the previous king, Jehoiakim. Um, after uh, Jerusalem gets captured again because Jehoiakim uh, tries to to turn away uh, from Babylon again, and that does not go so well. And, and so more people get carried off into exile uh, after Jehoiakim and Jehoiakim reign. Uh, and uh, even the king of Egypt is not able to help them. And then it says, and in the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign in the 10th month, this is chapter 25, verse 1 of 2 Kings. On the 10th day of the month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came with all his army against Jerusalem and laid siege to it. And they built siege works all around it. So the city was besieged till the 11th year of King Zedekiah. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine was so severe in the city that there was no food for the people. Then a breach was made in the city, meaning that a hole was dug in the wall. What does God ask Ezekiel to do? Dig a hole in the wall, right? And all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between the, the two walls, by the, by the king's garden. And the Chaldeans were around the city and they went in the direction of the Arabah. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho and all his army was scattered from him. And then they captured the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they passed sentence on him. So here we have the prince captured. That's what he talks about here. Uh, Verse 11, I am a sign for you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. Meaning that, that Ezekiel is this walking sermon for them, that they might know that this promise of God of destruction for Jerusalem, of the fact that the people in Jerusalem are not the chosen people anymore. They're not safe just because they got left behind. We've talked about this a billion times. I'm not going to go over it again, but it says, but saying that they're going to go into exile. They're going to go into a captivity too. The, 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 the prime people left behind there are going to be humbled. They're going to be humiliated. They're going to be made just like you. And the prince who is among them, verse 12, shall lift his baggage upon his shoulder at dusk and shall go out. They shall dig through the wall to bring him out through it. He shall cover his face that he may not see the land with his eyes. And I will spread my net over him and he shall be taken in my snare and I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans. Let me let me stop right there. What happens with Zedekiah here? Well, he digs through the wall. He tries to escape and it doesn't go well. 
says that he covers his face. He tries to hide who he is. He, he, he goes out basically as a commoner, but he gets captured. And then let me read to you what happens and let's see what happens then in 2 Kings. Here Ezekiel writes, verse 13, I will bring him to Babylon, the land of, Chaldean, of the Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it and he shall die there. What happens with King Zedekiah? Go back to 2 Kings 25. I'm sure you kept your finger there, right? They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him in chains and took him to Babylon. What do they do to him? They blind him. They cover his face. So the last thing he sees is the death of his progeny, the death of those who would carry on his name, the death of whatever sort of everlasting life he thought he had in whatever life he thought he had as King Zedekiah with Prince so-and-so underneath him ready to take his place once he were to die. That's not going to happen. Plus, his eyes are gouged out, not able to see anymore the promised land or the promised city that was being taken away and he's taken to Babylon and he will not see it and he will die there having everything uprooted in his life. This is actually a good news for us church because what it says is that those who seem to be thinking that they're going to be getting away with murder in this life will not because death comes as the greatest of all equalizers. But it also comes as good news to us because something else comes out of this. Because it says, verse 14, I will scatter toward every wind all who are around him, his helpers and all his troops, and I will unsheath the sword after them. And they shall know that I am the Lord. Here again, we have this phrase, they shall know that I am the Lord. I was thinking about this uh, the other morning when I was reading in in, uh, Exodus chapter 10, where uh, God reminds the people of Israel that all of these things that he is doing in Egypt, all these plagues that he's bringing upon Egypt, all these works that he is doing is so that the people of Israel might know that he is their God, that he is their Lord. Here again, we, we have this punishment coming, and yes, it's coming upon the people of God, but it's coming in such a way that they might do what? Know God. Know that they have a Lord. Know that they have a God a God who is their God and stands with them forever. That it is that even in the the worst of the discipline that God can bring upon us, the worst even of our sins, God stands as our God, as the promised God for us from all eternity. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them among the countries that they are not the Lord, that I am the Lord. And what that means is that he can scatter us, he can also bring us back. We've talked about that too. I will let a few of them escape from the sword, from famine and pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the nations where they go and may know that I am the Lord. This, There's a place, church, for confession. There's a place for acknowledgement of our sin. There's a place for us to to bring ourselves before the throne of God 
and say, Lord, I've tried so hard to be my own God and I cannot anymore. I need you. And here that is this working of God. Imagine him being able to tell these people, I'm going to bring these people into exile. Things are going to go even worse for them than they've gone for you, church. And yet they're going to show up and they're going to confess their sins. And by them confessing their sins and telling of all the things that they have done, which is the reason why they're in exile, they're going to actually be testifying about me. And then it's almost like God is saying to those that are in exile that Ezekiel is preaching to, you are eventually going to become a sermon for me that you might preach to your fellow exiles that are going to show up that there is hope, that there's healing, that I will be your God and you will be my people even when you think that's not going to be possible. That's the hope and the mercy that we have in God, church. Is that even though when he scatters us, he brings us back. That even though when he he punishes us, that he disciplines us, that we turn away, he still remains true to us. And that even when we are in so dire need of him to do something else for us than what maybe he is willing to do, in the end, he is God. And that there is no other. And it becomes good news for us because in the moments in which we are going to fail, especially this Lent over whatever sort of Lenten discipline you're trying to pick up, this Lent, or to hand off, God is still God when you fail. And God is still God when you succeed. But he's not anymore your God if you succeed at whatever discipline it is that you've brought on yourself here at Lent, giving up chocolate, whatever. And he's no less your God if you fail at it or you don't do any sort of fasting like that at all. That he's still going to end up being God in the end. We'll come back next week. We'll finish this chapter. We'll finish this chapter off as as Ezekiel is still preaching to the the exiles of what it is that happened. That he might be a, a sermon to them of hope, even for the hopeless. That even in all these things that God is doing, God is making a way for for newness to come, new life, transformation out of confession and sinfulness, God making a way for you. Let us pray. Lord God, our strength, the struggle between good and evil rages within and around us and the devil and all the forces that defy you tempt us with empty promises. Keep us steadfast in your word. And when we fall, raise us again and restore us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for sharing this as always. I'm so grateful for all that you do to help support this work. Continue to share these these podcasts with others. Uh, open up your Bible and dig into this wonderful book of Ezekiel with me. And I pray that this Lent will go well for you. You're, you're one more week, you're one week down or close to it. Uh, just a few more weeks to go. And then Holy Week and the goodest of all Fridays. Is that a word, goodest? The best of all Fridays to come and Easter after that. Well, go in peace. Serve the Lord. I'll see you next time. Thank you.